Are you ready? I'm sorry, what? I said, are you ready? David, are you okay? In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma. Brought to you this week by Occupy Wall Street and its founder, Chase Thompson. Welcome into episode 99 of the Gospel Friends. I am the Reverend Furbage. I am Chase Captain 1% Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) And I am, pick your nickname, Nick. Okay, you're not the 1%. Yeah, I am. You're the 99, right? Oh. Eee, that's embarrassing. I think I've just given something away. In the Occupy Wall Street, people are the 99. Well, here's the thing. I that's, founded that's Occupy Wall Street 99. so that I could move from the 99 to the 1, and it worked. <laughs> so now you're part of the 1, that's and right. you left all those people behind. I'm, I'm part of the higher than 1, like the Uber Mensa, whatever. Are we going to get sued for using this music? That's what I'm afraid of. Hey, Michael Jordan. What are they going to get? What are they going to get from us? What are they going to get from us? Probably that plastic uh, suey pig head we got. What'd you call that earlier in in pre show? Uh, I don't remember. Big A? Uh, it started. I mean, Houston. something Arkansas. I don't. Houston. Really. That's what. That's what we call them, Arkansas. No, we call it <laughs> Big Arky. Nope. Big Arky. That's it. No, it's Houston. Houston, Big the Arky. Arkansas pig. Yep. Thank Plastic you, Brad Chris Milton. Outwood. One-armed John the Baptist. Martin Luther. Playmobil Martin Luther. Yep. And the Rob Bell. That's right. Ow, that hurts every time. And our newest mascot, Camelback. Whose is that? Mine. That yours? Yes. Is that uh, water in that or? Some I'll never tell. Go-go juice for the show. Chase drank some go-go juice a moment ago. Cold coffee. It was actually slightly warm, and I don't care about the day. Say, so, hey, you forgot about our new sponsor, the Blow Away Diet by Playboy <laughs> Buddy Rose, and we'll hear from him later. I shared that. In- actually, we won't because he passed, unfortunately. Uh, did he really? Yeah. That's sad. But his diet lives on, and it works. I'm living proof that it works. I shared that as part of – I let you guys in on that YouTube video as part of the uh, pre-show. Not, not safe for work. Speaking of wrestling – as we go into episode 99 of The Gospel Friends, Nick and I went to some wrestling here in town Friday night, Chase. Are you kidding? No, we did. It was, it That's kind of interesting. Why were you not there? Well, um, nobody invited me, maybe. Oh. This probably was out of out of the state, right? I, could, I couldn't have gone. Oh, oh, how, how far away was it from my house? Uh, from your house? Yeah. Oh, man, it was... Uh, About 700 yards? 1,000 feet. Oh, <laughs> Wow, that's that's a long way yeah, to go. It was a long way. It you was hope, actually hope you further for time. David than it was you. You would have said no, right? Uh, Honestly, I don't think you would have come. Uh, when was it? Friday night. Yeah, I was I was taking care of sick kids, sick yeah. family. Mm. So you probably would have. That's why we didn't invite you because we knew that you wouldn't be there. Yeah, that's what that. everybody at the Hall of Dogma Church says when they don't invite me to stuff. Yeah. We knew that you wouldn't come because you had something at your end. Because that's your default response. Yeah, well, so that's that's what everybody says. Well, I, I would have uh, thought uh, all of that years of rejection would have taught you to be kind to your brothers, but obviously not. Obviously not. But it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun. 
um, it was an interesting night. So there was a, a interesting is a very apt descriptor. Yeah. So we had a tragedy locally, yeah. a young man who lost his life. Very, uh, and that's not funny. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, hit by a drunk driver. Was he not? Well, he was in a car wreck. I don't know. I haven't heard if the guy was okay. drunk or not that, that hit him, but it, a young man. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, he he passed away from the car wreck, and the community here is really just kind of rallied around the family, trying to help them pay for different expenses and stuff. And so, a local wrestling organization offered to put on a show, donations accepted, and uh, all the money or um, I think all the proceeds went to the uh, <coughs> went to the family. So we went. It was actually Nick's idea. Originally, oh, so yeah, Nick's bad. the one that rejected me. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. But uh, you know, we went and took our our sons, and uh, you know, really, in, in fairness, the the source I had on the event was a a fellow pastor um, that we we all know, yeah. and and he had actually told me he's like, hey, did um did the guys tell you that I afforded you this info? Um, maybe y'all could announce announce it, but. He, he didn't send it to, to me. Some people. He didn't send it to me. I totally did. He sent it to Chase. So anyway, blackhole anyway, at gmail.com. I was hanging out with Bradford that night anyway. <laughs> Point Chase wins. Point okay. <laughs> so the, I, we thought, so it was at a local church. It was at a, yeah. a church down the road. and um, There's another church? There is another church. Yeah, <laughs> there's another church. That. Okay. And uh, so we went We went there. <laughs> another church in and, Alabama. Um, never. <laughs> And uh, by the by the way, we were broadcasting live from Comic Con um, this if week. You hear so if you hear that noise in the background, there is a drama so, going on. Yeah. So the Agape we um, League. So it, church down the road. So we went, and we thought it would be fun to take our boys. Yeah. Because they had never been to a live. Yeah. Take your boys. Take your event. friends. This sounds like a lot of fun. So I want to say that I have for years, because all of my wrestling events have been really big time. WWE stuff, mm-hmm. pay-per-views. and Arena a, style. Arena style. So this is my first time to really walk into a gym <laughs> yeah. with a ring sitting in the center of it and, <laughs> and chairs around the ring, and which is how the setup was. And um, and so I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. It was it was pretty funny, though. It was... Um, did you ever get your final mullet count? <laughs> no, I did not. I did, I did record a couple of guys for my Snapchat friends. Um, who really were into the show, and I don't think knew that it was not real. Uh, that that was that was really funny. Was watching the interaction between some of the fans and the mm-hmm. the wrestlers. But all in all, it was a <laughs> yeah. it was a it was that, a fun night. Uh, that one guy on the front row. Yeah, that that one guy. He he was he really did. into it. Yeah. yeah, he did not like the first heel that came out. Yeah. He he was. I was he, he was going crazy. Yeah, he was going crazy. So a lot of fun. Uh, there was a guy there, Chase. His name was Action Mike Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who young um, fella? Yeah, yeah. Sixty six years that's, old. That's sixty six years young. That's has about been right. wrestling for forty seven years, mm-hmm. and he was there uh, wrestling the uh, masked assassin. Oh, um, the who, masked assassin? Yeah, the masked, the masked assassin. Wow. Let me tell you something about the masked assassin. He gave me hope that any of us could be a professional wrestler if if you needed to be. Well, I don't want to be overly critical. Essentially, just put on your pajama pants. Oh. <laughs> and listen, when you, you don't need to, have, you don't need to have lifted weights or anything like that. And the is sitting over you, about to kill you. Well, you're gonna regret this. <laughs> he um, so I saw a hillbilly Jim. 
kind of want to be that, that also gave me a little hope of becoming a wrestler. There were two guys, hillbilly guys, who wrestled yeah. in overalls. Yeah. Um, I honestly think they gave hope to people who, like, you don't even have to have wrestling skills or have ever seen a ring because that's pretty much what they acted like. Yeah. But anyway, a lot of fun. By the way, our sponsor, Blown Away by Playboy Buddy Rose, <laughs> really could help some of those guys, and we hope you guys will check it out. Blow, blow, blow away the fat. <laughs> did no, anybody... Nick, so much to edit did, already. Did anybody do any of the... You can't edit that out. That's just brilliant comedy, man. Yes, it's... Did anybody do any mm. Frankensteiners? No. Okay, good. Because I, I would have hated to miss that. Punched, kicked. Oh, punch. That's that's an advanced wrestling move. They punch, kick, clothesline. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like body slam. Mm-hmm. That's good. And there were some knee drops off the top rope. I did, I did a couple of leg drops from yeah. the top rope. It's kind of impressive. Okay, but the, no um, Frankensteiners. No Frankensteiners. What's your, what's your all time favorite finishing move wrestling wise? All-time favorite move. Oh, man. Um, you know, I'm going to go old school for that, and and I'm going to say the DDT. However, oh, yeah. it has to be Jake the Snake yeah. because there's Jake a variation the of the DDT that came along later, and it's kind of how they do it now, where yeah. people, when they do the DDT, which is essentially a front face lock and you just fall down, the opponent kind of flips over and lands on his head. But when Jake the Snake did it, he planted the people face first yeah. on the mat with kind of this snap motion, yeah. and they just Mess, landed the mat, people up, landed on the mat, and didn't move. And that—that's him doing that. I think that's the all-time greatest looking finisher. Mm. Okay, that's, that's good. That's good. I, I myself, I, I'm a fan of the rock bottom. Uh, as far as just kind of a simple one, Weak. but uh, <clears throat> sorry, but no, my favorite really is. I was a big Hardy Boys guy, so either the you Twist of Fate suck. or yeah. the Swanton Bomb. Yeah, I, I was. I've I, seen I Nick like do that. some Swanton Bombs off the stage at church before. It's pretty impressive. It, it, was, it was indeed. Look, I don't like for people to have to need that, but sometimes they do. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do to keep order in the church, man. Do you oh, have a favorite? By the way, we are a Christian podcast, not a yeah. wrestling podcast. We may want to. We might need to get to the Christian part. Um, yeah, just fast forward through this. I'm we'll, a huge we'll talk, Hardy Boys We'll talk fan, about Jesus so in a minute. All their finishers. Um, but I'm a late 90s WCW guy, so yeah. either the Diamond Cutter yeah, or Diamond Sting's cutter. Figure Four leg lock. Because that move just... Figure Four, the Scorpion Death Lock. Scorpion Death Lock, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I, I used to, in high school, I used to could do that, and people used to be like, oh, wrestling's fake. I'm like, really? Come here real quick. And Little would, known fact, I used to put that the... That would hurt. I yeah, used to put my wife in the Scorpion Death Lock when we were dating, just for... Okay. The fact that you have six children is, this is going just mind blowing. Diminish our authority in a few minutes when we begin to discuss <laughs> the violence of other. It was not. Movements. It wasn't. It wasn't like you know, like I was hurting her for real. It was just a. I thought you said before the show that that was not. No. Okay. Hey. In all seriousness, for a second. I thought we were being serious. Points. The 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 best the best thing about. Diamond Dallas Page's Diamond Cutter and Jake the Snake's DDT was that it made you that they didn't have hardly anything else. So like if they hit that, mm-hmm. it was over, mm-hmm. and they it made it actually seem like they could win a match because they didn't really have other wrestling moves. It yeah. was just like they kind of got beat up the whole match, and then they would hit that and win. Yeah. So that was what made those moves. That's what made those moves fun. Yeah. I really, all right, well, I really that's, like for that's all for wrestling. Wrestling today. corner. <laughs> Ironically we'll enough, join us next week. 
So, for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat joins us wow. live. Is he, is he still alive? <laughs> I don't know. I think he is. I think Nick's trying to say something. For an interesting laugh. Yep. Um, just one of those things that make you go, wow, they did that. Uh, Google DDP yoga. Oh, no. DDP yoga is a real... It, it, oh, it's that's a real thing. Yeah. So. DD, uh, Jake the Snake actually credits Diamond Dallas Page for saving his life. Yes. Through his DDP Hall, yoga. Yeah. Through his DDP yoga program. So... Wait, Jake the Snake's still alive? Yes, Jake the Snake's still alive. Okay, so it's it's, uh, it's not a ha ha funny. It's like a wow. That, okay, that's not what I would have. No, he was deep in. Life. He was deep into drugs, mm-hmm. deep into like com- contemplating suicide. And Diamond Dallas Page literally How about that kind of intervened and saved his life. And he opened up this thing called the DDP House. I think. Oh, I didn't know about that. Brought in Scott Hall, saved Scott Hall's life too. Scott Hall's claims because he wow. was deep into drugs. So Where'd it's a whole like yoga program. By the way, Ricky Hall Steamboat, was, two years older. Than Jake the Snake Roberts, and a bit of a shocker. Is he, yes, it is. Is he still alive? 63, 61. Yeah, both of them still alive. Good old wrestling. Well, I was glad to go Friday night. It was fun. We were there We were there pretty late. Hey, Oops. turn your ringer down, Sorry. professional. Sorry. Hey, sp- uh, other than wrestling and nonsense, I, I, what are we going to talk about today, guys? What's on tap? Well, I think uh, we, we're, we're something about Christians and arguing. Christians and arguing. Well, that's appropriate for we a wrestling know anything podcast. About Something about that. What was it? That would be appropriate for wrestling. Christians putting each other in various wrestling holds. Yeah, we're actually going to talk about it. We're actually going to talk about the Trinity and yes. whether it is worthwhile arguing about the Trinity. And and we're going to look at Carl Truman's spat, or since it's a wrestling spat. podcast, his feud, his ongoing feud with Wayne the Grat Dragon Grudem. <laughs> I think you're making up names. I Keep digging, be. bud. I need, Do you need, to, a I need to get a better one. What? Do you need a bigger shovel to keep digging that hole? No, I got a big enough one. Thanks. All right. We have What Were You Thinking this week, and including we're going to talk about the 17 things that parents keep uh, as mementos of their children's oh, dear. childhood. I can't wait for that. Yeah. So that should be good. But first up, we have uh, – so we got this story that is, as we're recording this on Sunday – June the 12th, uh, I woke up this morning, we all woke up this morning to the news of a shooting Yeah, at a uh, mass shooting at a uh, Orlando nightclub. nightclub in Orlando, Florida. Worst mass shooting in United States history. Well, when I woke up this morning, it was a mass shooting at a Orlando nightclub, 20 people mm-hmm. dead. By the time we were done with our church services this morning, it was over 50 people dead. Uh, it's a uh, gay and lesbian nightclub, and it is appearing as if uh, the gentleman who did the shooting, uh, the uh, the uh, mass murder, was a uh, had some type of ties to ISIS. At this uh, point, it looks think, like he was maybe an ISIS sympathizer. Yeah, I was going to say he remember, he, he was an American citizen, yeah, but born in um, New York. I read he had he, he rumor he had some tie some type of ties to Afghanistan, uh, but uh, maybe some type of ISIS sympathizer. Uh, and do keep in mind, we're recording this just a few hours after the shooting. Mm-hmm. So there's probably, by the time you hear this, things might have changed. Yeah, we, we're we're going on what we know at uh, 4 o'clock Central on Sunday, June the 12th. So, um, and I think what is, um, you know, obviously a tragedy. I mean, there there's no one in this room that is um, that is not grieving seeing that news and what happened. 
Um, Chase, you seem to think this is going to be a, a, a really big story in the United States for yeah, I tend to think this is going to be the 2016, essentially the the number one. You know, at the end of the year, they have these, these votes. What is the biggest news story of the year? I believe this is going. I mean, obviously, something could take its place, but certainly up to this point, June. 12th this is the biggest story of the year easily and, and I, I think it will maintain that unless something just significantly awful more awful happens so um one of the things that is uh you know chase you addressed that this morning as you were preaching um you started off the sermon your the sermon was on something totally different but you started off mentioning the uh what had happened and one of the uh, encouragements that you gave the church was that they should uh, I don't remember exactly how you put it but they should um, be careful yeah. perhaps what is they post on social media over the next few days and weeks uh, especially as it re- you know regards this incident I think the line that I remember you saying was if you're going to offend anyone offend someone only with the gospel uh, of Jesus. What was some of your uh, thinking behind what you shared as we were beginning the service? Look, I, I, I didn't feel like uh, I, I did a tremendous job job there. Um, it, you know, it was, it was very fresh. I did not have prepared remarks. But essentially, the point of what I was saying is, Christians, you be careful on social media in in light of this happening, the fact that it involves a largely homosexual nightclub and it involves an Islamic ISIS um, sympathizer or member who is who's perpetrated the crime, be just be very wise. I, I believe we should be very wise about we what we post on social media. I do not think this is the time in light of 50 plus people being killed. This is not the time to score political points. This is not the time to, to pound the ball saying, well, this just proves what I've always said all along about Islamic people. They're all terrorists. Now we're going to talk about some of that. I, I do not believe Islam is the religion of peace. I believe that is a politically correct invention of of modernity. I don't believe it's accurate to the core of Islam, but this is not the time to post half-cocked things that are uh, highly offensive uh, in, in a way – this is not the time for it. This is the time, I think, to pound the gospel of Jesus Christ and appoint people towards him as the salvation for our sins and – the provider of eternal life. So I think there's this, um, what we were talking about before the show is just kind of discussing this topic from an extension of, or from a place of, you know, okay, how do Christians respond uh, specifically publicly? Um, I think privately, certainly I, I hope that there is a grieving that happens. Uh, I, I, you know, you said it this morning, there is, there's really no reaction uh, uh to the death uh, of someone who doesn't know Jesus, and and we just say right off. I mean, we do not know the the you know salvation status of the people who died in this this attack. Okay, just speaking very plainly, no idea who was there. We're not the judge of those individuals or their salvation state or not. Um, but you know what we do know 
is that homosexuality is a type of sexual act that the Bible calls a sin and that people who are lost in their sin, giving into their sin, and they die in that state without knowing Jesus are, are lost. So there is some degree that just looking at a situation like that where we're not the judges of people's souls, but you do look at a situation like that and say, any of those people who did not know Jesus as they passed away, they, they died without hope. And there's nothing sadder than that. And I don't think there's anything in the Bible that gives us um, gives us a place to rejoice over something happening like that. As a matter of fact, I think the Bible actually tells us... Calls us to mourn over it. Yeah, it tells like us that. not to uh, to do that. So... Um, I think from that standpoint, there is there's grief, but then there's the the, uh, the the public. You know, how do you react publicly? Because Christians are under, you know, it almost seems like we are being looked at closely and intently by the public. And I'll give an example. Um, and again, this is just kind of coming on and, and breaking as we are doing the show. But the uh, lieutenant governor of Texas, his name is Dan Patrick. Um, he had a tweet that went out this morning. It is a, it was a it was a picture. It's a picture of a looks like a farm field with blue skies in the background, and overlaying the picture of the farm field is the Bible verse Galatians six seven. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Okay, so he tweeted that out. This went out from his Twitter account this morning. Immediately, and I don't know how this got started, but immediately people started jumping on this, saying that Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor of Texas, had posted this in response to the shootings, uh, the, the mass shooting in Orlando. Now, he didn't have any other words around it. It was just that tweet that went out. And so he began getting barbecued on Twitter. Yeah, by the um, way, it was a picture uh, of a field – uh, a plowed field with some trees in the distance and a blue sky. Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Did you already say that? Yeah, that's what I said a minute ago when I said it was a picture of a farm field with a blue sky in the background and Galatians 6, 7 overlaid on top of it. I, I had to take a call from a new Twitter follower, <laughs> Father Alberto Cutie, who had a, a point of uh, theology to ask me about. I'm back we now, may or may not have missed our medicine this morning. We yeah, apologize. That's okay. All right, ad guys. Anyway, so the <laughs> he is getting he's getting. Have you mentioned the Dan Patrick tweet yet? <laughs> he's getting railed on Twitter uh, for his uh, for this tweet. Now he has come back and said, "Hey, he's deleted the tweet." He has come back, or his office has come back and said, "Look, he's out of the country." Every Sunday, he tweets out a some type of a Bible verse, and he sets them up to auto-tweet on Thursday, that this verse was set up to tweet out on Thursday, and it just so happened that that was the verse he chose, and it went out automatically today as he had already scheduled it to go out. Um, but people don't seem to be uh, caring a whole lot for that answer. Let me just read you a few um let me read you a few of the tweets that are being replied to what Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, uh, what went out on his account, and then I'll turn it over to you guys for some comments. Um, <laughs> Kelly Sanford, a horrible use of scripture by the Lieutenant Governor of Texas following the shootings in Orlando. Shame on you, Dan Patrick. 
Brown Jesus, disgusting that the lieutenant governor of Texas applauded the Orlando attack using Bible verses. Homophobia is alive and well here. Um, The scumbag of Texas from John McCarthy, the scumbag lieutenant governor of Texas took this tweet down, his response to the shooting in Orlando. Um, Matthew Chapman, the lieutenant governor of Texas, just said that the Pulse nightclub victims deserved what they got for defying God. Now, keep in mind, that's he quoted me. Even if he sent it out, he sent out a Bible verse, no commentary. But uh, this is some of the things that are going out on Twitter. And then finally, here's somebody who is responding to his to the lieutenant governor's statement that he um, had not sent this out. Uh, this morning on purpose that he had chosen this verse on Thursday. Uh, Holiday says, damage control from Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Governor of Texas. We know you hate gays. Don't even try. All right. So, Chase, what does this, Chase or Nikki, the one, what does this um, kind of tell us about the environment that we're in right now uh, in terms of um, being a Christian and having public comments over situations and tragedies such as the one in Orlando. If, if I try, so if I try to put on my, you know, super spiritual hat, um, I get one answer. If I just react out of my own flesh, um, I get frustrated at the lack of, uh, a moment's pause at people who demand tolerance from everyone, but themselves. So no one's willing to consider, in the age of tweet deck, tweet bot, all of these different sweet hoot, hoot sweet, thank you, all these different services that this guy probably is not the only person with a login to his Twitter account. It's probably a managed account by his staff, and these things are scheduled. They are planned. I ran a Twitter campaign for a um, discipleship weekend not too long ago, and weeks in advance, I would schedule tweets and and so no one's considering that that's a possibility they're just all yelling oh it's damage control but it's also there's there's no consideration of of a mistake we you know we it feels like we are held to a different standard um, as believers than anyone else is I know there are folks um, one person on on my Facebook feed this morning mentioned that you know and it was earlier in the day. Um, like I, you know, I didn't really, really catch on to any of it until by the time we were already in the building here. Like I didn't, I don't have a lot of news feeds auto populating. I have to kind of go get my news on my phone and I didn't have a lot of social media time this morning. And so I didn't really see anything about it really until I was almost here. And, you know, by the time I got here, I, you know, I sat down to kind of start reading and see what Facebook was kind of saying, what I could find out. And one of the first responses was someone kind of rebuking folks for being so concerned about all these other things, but not a gay nightclub that was shot up. And I'm going, that's that's extremely unfair because it's like considering this will probably be the biggest news story well, of the year. It's incredibly it, unfair, and, and it's just like, how do you respond? Like I was shocked. I mean, I was. It was. It it was not. And please don't hear me equating the two. It wasn't like 9-11 shock, but I can't think of a – there's not an immediate incident that just makes me go, holy wow, as this. I mean, this is 50 people just unex- – I mean, this isn't this isn't an, an isolated incident of, you know, you know, a bad 
situation gone wrong and two people getting into fisticuffs and then it escalating. I mean, this this is a planned, targeted thing. And, and you can't just – I don't know what I think about. I mean, you can't just flippantly start firing off things about that because there's a lot of factors. And so – you know, for to be rebuked about not just jumping into social media and immediately condemning these people or applauding these people, that there's there's no kind of thought that's expected to be put into that was a little frustrating to me. But I do feel like we are put in a position as believers where we are in no win scenarios with this stuff because we're not allowed to say to stand on the truth of the word and say sin is sin. And if we do say sin is sin, well, we don't love the people, which is fundamentally untrue. The whole reason we are willing to put ourselves out in front of potential slander from the world is because we do love people enough to say sin is sin because, you know, I don't want that eternal consequence we're afraid of for for some or or all these people for anyone. I don't care how much I like or dislike you. I don't want anyone to spend eternity in hell. And so my desire or my willingness to to stand up and say, no, I'm sorry, sin is sin, has nothing to do with me not liking you. It's the exact opposite. If I didn't care about you, I would be quiet. And so I just, and and I understand we're told to expect this. This is what we're going to get as believers. And I understand we're warned about that in the word. And so I, I guess I'm not surprised by anything I see on social media. I'm just still frustrated by it because there is not, we are not given any degree of the, moments to consider or the tolerance that's demanded of us that's that's a good point uh this this situation is is a horrific horrific tragedy um it's heartbreaking just the you know the the idea of 50 people killed like that um it's it's heartbreaking it's it's a big deal um our response needs to be a response of of Truth, kindness, grace, etc. I notice on the other side of the aisle the people who uh, are quick to champion pro-LGBT causes and to attack those who don't have, as as Nick has have his, as Nick has pointed out, a very a, a very attacking response to this, and, and you know, just that they. I'm, I'm reading all of the tweets aimed at Dan Patrick, and they're so they're so mean. Um, well, just one example: uh, George Takei, Mister Sulu from the original Taki. Uh, <laughs> okay, please don't correct the geeks on pronouncing Mister Star Sulu's Trek. Last name. This is what he said. First, he posted this: devastated Star by the Wars. news out of Florida. Whatever the oh my, whatever the madness behind this. Let it and listen. He said, "Let us all come together first to support victims and their loved ones." All right, and uh, not uh, less than an hour later, he tweets: "Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, you are a disgrace to your state in this time of national sorrow. You should resign." Now, call me crazy, but I, I don't think that's coming together. Uh, High Plains Drifter, uh, he he posted on Patrick's page: "Absolutely sickening." Dan Patrick says gays deserved to be murdered in cold blood. Resign now, you right-wing religious fanatic. Again, this is because Mr. Patrick 
posted a scripture from Galatians 6, 7. He said none of the things attributed to him, and I actually I think his, his explanation of, of setting up a post prior to is, is very likely. Um, it, it, and, you know, the interesting thing to that, to me, and, and I'm going to I'm, – I'm biased, obviously, as a Christian, but the interesting thing to me is culturally, so what you have this morning – in, in what I can see, and I haven't seen every tweet that's went out or every message that's being posted or anything like that, but what you see is the horrendous actions that took place, an attack against a, a Christian who posted a verse, may have been in uh, ill-timed verse or, you know... Uh, some might say a bad judgment call if, if he did it on purpose. But either way, a, a, a really concentrated media attack on him. But at the same time, kind of this move to be careful to not dis, uh, to not go after Islam and the Islamic religion and to make sure that we keep in mind that they are, quote-unquote, a peaceful religion at their core, even though it was not a what we think at this point, not a Christian who did this attack, but an, someone who was tied to um, an Islamic terror group, ISIS. So you you just have this, it's just a, I mean, this is where we are. I mean, this is the culture, but it's, uh, we need to protect, uh, we need to protect Islam. We need to go after the Christians. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't know, I, you know, there is a, I think there's all types of questions. Uh, you you ask a question before the show, Chase. You said you probably weren't going to bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up because I think it's a good question. And that is, you know, do 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 Christians have some responsibility in this because of the way that we've approached homosexuals and their and that particular uh, you know that particular group of people uh, as a church? So have we put them on a heightened state of alert against Christians because of, of our response? I, I think that's a question that at least can be asked or, or be wrestled with. Um, there is a quote-unquote culture war that is happening in the U.S. as we speak um, and has been happening for some time. And so, you know, this is happening in the midst of all of that kind of powder keg to me uh, of all these cultural issues that are happening and I think in the midst of that, it is really important for Christians to, as you guys said, I mean, to, to approach this situation in truth with love and um, I think post and do things that are helpful. If Go ahead. Well, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were at a stopping point finish. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to my last point. Go ahead. You, you, you make a, a great point with the powder keg, but you actually have two of them. So you have the 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 powder keg over is Islam a peaceful religion or, or not, and, and the debate over that, and then the acknowledgement that what ISIS is. And so you have the division and the tension over that and how we should respond do we lump the Muslim people together as one group, or do we understand there's a distinction between radical, yeah. you know, ISIS members and, and not of that people group? And then you have the culture war of, you know, LGBT, homosexual, transgender versus 
not and then the people that would say that 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 shouldn't happen and now you have two two issues that have met in this horrific incident that just there's no you can't talk about just one piece of it anymore and it it becomes hopelessly intermingled let let me ask you this chase what if you are let's say for a moment again i have no reason to doubt i don't know dan patrick um as a matter of fact if you'd have mentioned dan patrick to me an hour ago i would have said he's that dude from sports center former espn anchor okay so um i don't apparently dan patrick's pretty pretty outspoken on some of these issues and cultural issues because I saw his name come up uh, on some media sites for some comments he made about the transgender bathroom issues and things like that. So I don't know the guy from Adam. have no idea if he's a solid Christian. have no idea if he, if he handles things appropriately in public forums or not. Don't know anything about the guy. But let's say for a minute, Chase, you are working in the uh, – you're working for the lieutenant governor in his office. And let's say that he – he decided to respond to the Orlando attack by actually sending out this tweet. Again, we have no idea if he did or not. I'm just asking a hypothetical question. You go to the governor who has just tweeted this out. You go to the lieutenant governor, and you're one of his close aides. What would you say to him? What would your counsel be to him? You saw this tweet go out. And it was, it was, no, and it was intentionally in response to this. situation. Yeah, I, I, I would. That's a, that's a good question. Here's the thing, and I don't know if you've read his explanation of sending the tweet out. I think it's excellent, um, and I look, think it's completely viable. I think it is too. I mean, he said it was scheduled, but he also said this. He said some wanted this post pulled down, and others did not. Let me be clear. I didn't pull down the post and tweet because God's word is wrong. His word is never wrong. Taking down his word would be like tearing a page from the Bible because we didn't like what God is telling us. I took it down to stop the hateful comments and the misinformation being spread of God's message to all of us, straight or gay. Uh, what, what I would have said to him, I, I would have said, in applying Galatians 6, 7 to this specific incident, I, I think you are proclaiming truth, but it, it needs to be balanced with not that truth is unbalanced, it needs to be balanced with more truth. For instance, when Jesus was asked about the Tower of Siloam falling, a tragedy during his day that killed a couple dozen people, he he asked the question himself, this tower that fell, were these people that were killed worse sinners than all the others? And he said, I tell you, they weren't, but the same thing will happen to all of you unless you repent. Yeah, I think that's a balanced, truthful Christian message. Galatians 6 does not single out homosexual sexual sinners. For instance, if this had been a heterosexual nightclub and there was a bunch of heterosexual adultery going on there and Dan Patrick had sent this tweet out, I th- intentionally, that is, I think it would have been truth. It would have been truth applied to the situation. I think it would have caused much less of an uproar. Um, but, you know, in that instance, I, I would question, is that the proper application of the Word of God for that, this particular time? And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure the answer is no, but if it was intentional – it seems slightly targeted towards homosexuals, and while I completely affirm that the Bible is very clear that homosexual sex acts are sinful, 
I, I think we have to share uh, – and I, th- I think you, in a minute, David, you're going to bring up Matt Moore's article that I thought did a really good job of, uh, of talking about all sin and context of the Scripture and yeah, not yeah. singling out one group. Okay, so I think he, – here's, here's – and again, we have no reason – I have no reason to doubt this guy and what he said. What he said sounds perfectly plausible to me about what actually happened. And very common technologically. And, and very – yeah, a lot of people do this. But here's, here's the thing. Is Galatians 6-7 an appropriate verse if he had done it on purpose? Would it be an appropriate verse to respond to something like this? I would say not on Twitter – Possibly in other venues. To me, it, if, if, if something, a tragedy happens, and someone who doesn't know Jesus dies, and someone's response to them is this verse, Galatians 6-7, but it is done in a very callous way. It is done in a very like, oh, well, you know what? You reap what you sow. Okay, Would that's you one. Was that after nine one one? But what I'm saying or is other tragedies. Well, you, no, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. don't think it is because doing it. On social media like that, no one can understand the heart behind it. Yes. If someone responded to a tragedy, nine eleven, or you know the mass shooting in Orlando, or anything else, and they responded and they quoted that verse, "Oh, you will reap what you sow," but it was done so in anguish and tears and people, please come to Jesus. We are all going to reap what we sow. Well, that's a whole different connotation to me. Than if someone is just very callously trying to, you know, say, "Ah, well, look, you know, you're all going to get what you're going to reap what you sow. And therein lies the problem with social media. It Mm -hmm. is most of us. It is, you know, one of our only outlets to kind of have that pulpit to speak from, so to speak, and, and let our opinions be known. But the problem with it is that no one knows the emotion behind something. And so you can have really good intentions and you could have you could be speaking from a place of real anguish. But everybody's willing to attribute an emotion to whatever yeah. you say. Everyone's going to read into it what they want. And so I think I think that's where Christians just have to understand the limitations of social media and you 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 know what you mean when you post something. But you've got to understand, and I've got to understand, that other people don't understand, don't necessarily know what our emotions were behind a particular thing that we said. And they're going to read into it what they, what they want, honestly, or what they think you may have meant. And it's just uh, – that's why it, 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 you just have to be so careful about what we post on social media, especially in response to – tragedies like this because there is such a there is such a, a group of people uh, there is such a a magnifying glass i think on the group of people known as christians mm-hmm. right now uh right or wrong I, that's not a woe is us kind of thing jesus told us it was going to be like that I, I don't think it's something for us to you know uh, whine about yeah whine about them I mean, it's just it it is how it is jesus was very clear hey if people hated me they're gonna hate you you know they're gonna hate those who follow me and that was just that was just how Jesus put it. So I I you know um, I don't think we should you know whine about it when it happens, but I think we should be aware of it and not do anything um, to to further that. Um, yeah. Now I I don't think that means we be silent. Matt Moore uh, from uh, moremat.org. Um, I believe this is a gentleman 
who I hesitant to say this, but I, I I believe that he came out of a homosexual lifestyle. If and, and we can do some research on him to find out, but I believe that's the what happened with this gentleman, and he's now a a a Christian, and and he speaks on. Um, homosexual issues from a from a Christian standpoint and as someone who used to be in that environment in some way. Uh, he wrote an article this morning called Christians Don't Say the Gays in Orlando Got What They Deserve. Now, he's very clear. I mean, at this point, he has not heard anyone say that, but he is. He starts off uh, in his blog saying, every time a vicious crime is committed against a group of LGBT people or a natural disaster befalls a gay pride event, my ears are pained by senseless explanations offered by religious yet graceless voices. Most Christians mourn and weep over these tragedies, but I always hear a few Bible belt, belt dwellers claiming the heathen got what they deserve, um, that God smote the Sodomites as they reveled in their sins. Now, again, I don't know of anyone who has posted that, but um, he does mention Jesus's reaction in Luke 13 to being told about the uh, Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. We don't know what that is exactly, but apparently there were some people who were killed, uh, murdered by the government while they were making sacrifices to God. And Jesus's answer to them was, do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So there is this um, Matt Moore goes on to finish his homosexual behavior sin- sinful absolutely is embracing homosexual desires an act of defiance against a good and holy God most definitely is a night full, nightclub full of intoxicated homosexuals one of the least holy places you could enter as someone who spent four nights a week in gay clubs prior to Jesus getting his hands on me I can assure you that it is but are homosexual sinners worse than Sunday school sinners not by a long shot um Jesus's response, I think, is we should have some type of response along the lines of what Jesus did when he was told of senseless tragedy in his day. Listen, this did not happen to them because they are worse sinners than you are. But you're still alive, and if you don't repent, then you're going to perish as they perished. And so there was this grace and truth in what Jesus said. I mean, he... Very clearly, this is you. You know this. This did not happen to them because they were worse sinners than you are. But now here's the truth: if you don't repent, you're going to perish. And so that that was Jesus's message. And if Jesus was alive today, that message would probably get hammered uh, on social media pretty good. But um, grace and truth, love and truth. Uh, that's how. Uh, Jesus responded to tragedy in his day, and and I think I think we should do the same um, tragedy in our day. Yeah. I'm I, to answer the question. To jumping back, there is no sitting political figure whose staff would have said that's a good idea. None whatsoever. Oh yeah, and so that's just. I think they would. My point to that question was: someone might say, "Well, that's not a." That's not a loving statement to put out. Someone else might say, well, it's always love to to publish something truthful. And again, I just say that, uh, it can be. But but no, again, no political staff is going to say that that is complete message. Any speech, any publicity 
group is going to know that that is not that's not going to convey what you're and I just because of and, and I, because I just maintain I just maintain it's because people can't read the emotion behind it war, right which war, is why that's why publicity yeah. uh, uh, what am I trying to call speech staff Publish, communication, okay. communication staff there we go Nick um, would know that that's not the appropriate way to convey that and that and that's why I just don't think that this was what people are accusing of. Warren Wiersbe is a Bible commentary uh, Bible commentator he used to he used to say that, um, yeah, let's see, is it love, love without truth is hypocrisy because you can't really love someone if you won't speak truth to them. Mm-hmm. But truth without love is brutality. Mm-hmm. If you deliver truthful things, but you do it without love, then you're just being brutal. Yeah. And I think you can deliver Bible truth, but if you do it with the wrong heart and the wrong attitude, you're just being brutal. The problem is people don't know what heart you have by social media post, and that's where they're really dangerous. Go ahead, Chase. Yo, I, I know it's time to move to the next topic. I did have one final, very short question to um, just kind of cap it off. Guys, is Islam a religion of peace? So I've never read the Quran. By the way, I said that a little bit tongue-in-cheek because I said a very short question to cap things off. Oh. It's an extremely complicated Question. I, I guess it is. I, I just was my statement was going to be. I've never read the Quran. I cannot speak to what it what it says. I am going to go with the the religion is based on the holy book of that religion. So whatever the the you know whatever the tenets of a religion are, that's that's how you base it. And you know that's what we do with the Bible. I think at the end of the day, the core of Christianity core of Christianity is judged by the, the holy book of Christianity, which is the Bible. There, there are a lot of Christians who don't live out what the Bible says. You don't Christianity cannot be spoken of based on how those who deviate from those the who teachings. De- yeah, it's got to yes. be, what, are, what does it teach? What does it say? At the core of Christianity, if you and, 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 and everybody who does this, who doesn't know what Christianity is, they go to the Old Testament. I saw a guy in, at al.com here in Alabama, do this this just a couple of weeks ago. Um, what what else does the Bible say is wrong? And he goes to the Old Testament and brings up these verses about stoning your children at the gate for rebellion and all this other stuff. And it's just it shows a complete lack of understanding of Christianity because of what Jesus did in the New Testament, fulfilling the law and, and writing the law in our hearts. And but at the core of Christianity it is. Love God and love each other. Love God with your whole heart, which you can only do through Jesus Christ, and love each other in the same way, which you can only do through Jesus. It is all centered on the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf. Um, My understanding of people who I trust who have read the Quran is that there is much teaching in that book that is not about love and peace, but is about violence against infidels and those who do not submit to the religion of Islam. And I, I have not, again, have not read it myself, but based on those who I trust who have read it, I don't think all the tenets of, the, the core tenets of Islam are, quote unquote, peace. Yeah. So. I agree with that. I'm, I'm not a Quranic scholar. I, I've read some of it. There are, um, all right, we have a situation with the Bible where the Old Testament was written to the Jews at a certain time in history, which I believe is not 
uh, unless clearly made explicit in the New Testament, is not brought forward to New Testament Christianity. Uh, New Testament Christianity is as you described it, David, but I, I don't see the same thing in the Quran. There's not an old Quran and a new Quran. There is a Quran and, and hadiths and, and other surahs and teachings that, that surround it. And there are a lot of troubling verses in the Quran and in the surrounding religious documents that Islamic people consider authoritative that point to fighting and point to violence and, and, and such like that. For instance, uh, uh, fighting is prescribed for you and you dislike it, but it is possible that you dislike a thing which is good for you and that you love a thing which is bad for you, but Allah knows and you don't know. It, it just seems not to be uh, a religion of peace. That seems to be based on the scriptures of the religion, as you say, a inaccurate um, description of it. Now, is it a is it a a religion that constantly calls for terroristic attacks? I see things in it that's very disturbing. I, I haven't lines, read but it, but not haven't read it. That's the to core of it. At the core, though, here, here's the foundational thing: was it's a false religion. If you follow Islam, you will die apart from Christ with no hope, and you will not have hope. Yes, and you will spend eternity away from God. And if that statement's not true, then Jesus is a liar. And then Jesus is a liar because Jesus said, "I am the only way to the Father." And there, this is this gets back to another cultural problem, which is relative truth. And we want to say that every religion has, you know, coexist. They they all have value. They they teach different things. If and relative truth is true, then Jesus is a liar. It, yes, I'll say that. That too. would be that would be accurate. So I I don't I do not want to defend I do not want to defend a religion that if you follow it, you are going to die without hope. And and so is it a religion of peace or not? Ultimately, it is not a religion of peace because it is going to lead you to, to eternity apart from the Father in in hell. So it is not in that sense a religion of peace at all. That's it's a that's solid we word. should Nick seems to be himself. indicating that it's time for us to move on. I think Nick was in indicating fairness, it was it was time to end the show. That was a twenty one no, no, no. no. <laughs> I just indicated what time it was about 21 minutes ago based on our desire for the time frame of this particular episode. Um, I, like, I, think, without Nick. I think we're – I think y'all found that out. That's why I'm back. Um, if you would oh, – It was a low blow. David, Sorry. if you would, yeah. um, Mr. Sulu's name in real life, could you tell me how to say uh, that? George Taki from Star Wars. Okay, Nathan, we need a better really quality bell because this one wants to <laughs> spin more than ring. Hey, guys. I think Nathan just cursed it to not let us say anything David said uh, was wrong because he's such a fanboy. We're, we're going to trim down what were you thinking to just one story okay. today um, because as, as normal, we're not keeping up with time. If we had our music, Shocker. we would do a transition here, but we don't have it. We don't. I guess I could just do it. I think you should. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Dogma. Chase is supposed to say that was so bad. for it. It was terrible. Okay. <laughs> what were you thinking? The segment of the Gospel Friends here on episode 99. 90. 
nine. That's wow, just short guys. of a, a milestone. That is just short of the finish. Perhaps line? a huge question mark. Huge milestone. See, we were episode one hundred or the finish line? Question mark. I, I, I want to file a formal objection, Chase. If you would hear my objection, make a ruling. Um, we were promised a certain intro to this episode that involved bottles and a wall. And, well, and you robbed us Chase, of that. Because Chase made fun of it. I, I'm not done yet. Because we were gonna make we were gonna kind of make a joke of it last week and do 98, and, and mm-hmm. there was gonna be some this was a man friendly banter. Um, and you're like, no, 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 no. it'll be better it on 99. Week. And then today in pre-show, yep, um, you even teased it I did. again. And you and you cow, I, I you cow to chase to pressure. chases to chases. He, he he raised his nose at my intro. He raises his nose at a lot of things. It was going to essentially be. It is raised at the moment. See, brought to you this week <laughs> by our wall and all of the beer on it. Welcome into episode ninety nine. See of the Gospel Friends. But if we'd started out that way with beer and wrestling, people probably would have thought we weren't Christians. Because you can't like <laughs> wrestling and and drink beer and be a Christian. Oh boy, that's from the second epistle of James, chapter seventeen. I thought it was just from the Southern Baptist Convention meeting notes from the last. Hey, funny thing. Whoa, fu- ooh, funny Isn't thing. The Hall of Dogma Church. At uh, never mind. We'll funny thing on the Hall of <laughs> only on the sign, bro. <laughs> funny thing in the Hall of Dogma. I'm going to break the fourth wall here for Probably a moment. Probably a good idea. So the the Hall of Dogma is our Literally Facebook group. Hall of Dogma. How do you get to it? Uh, you'd go to hallofdogma.com. But you said it's a Facebook group. That's it is. Weird. But but Nick has so set it up that if you just go to hallofdogma.com, it'll take you to the Facebook group. Magic. And you can um, and you can ask to be let in. You can. And we will let you in if 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 you're lucky. And Chase is at the helm that day. You <laughs> get in. Anyone will you, get let. Anyone will be get. Uh, let in when when Chase and, when David and I are, are doing the screening. There's a rigorous screening process um, to ensure no spam accounts Look, make it. I through. go to their profile and sure. make sure they're not selling Ray Bans. That's pretty good. No, it's I don't not. do a background check or DNA test. I actually saw a, a podcast that um, you let somebody in named Salesman McSalesy. Like, <laughs> I mean, what are you talking? It totally seemed legit. I actually saw a podcast this week that that some they had let in a spammer and they were trying to sell Ray Bans and they were somebody in the group was trying to talk reason to them. Hey, please don't sell your stuff. <laughs> we're about the podcast. I was like, hey. Dude, you're gonna to have to kick them out. You can't talk reason no, to the you don't spammers. Reason with spammers. All right, I want to give a, a shout out real quick. So my wife brought this. Wine. My wife asked me about this um, oh, this week. That one. All right, so our, our friend friend of the show, Alex Kaposha, uh, good old Alex, posted a little picture in the Hall of Dogma. It's a picture of um, <laughs> Jesus on a landline phone talking to a, a young man on a cell phone who's crying, and the young man says. I'm sorry, Jesus. I had to delete the Bible app for the software update. So Jesus replies, it's cool. I have to delete some names for the Book of Life update. Okay. So. Wow. Okay. So That's strong. So here's. So we, we get um, about uh, 102 people who have seen this post. Only nine people reacted to yeah. it. So I'm going to. Most yeah. people saw it and just went on by. So. <laughs> So the first comment was Chris Atwood, who said, I was going to post this one today, but decided not to. <laughs> so it caught the Chris Atwood filter, which is a strong indication. Uh, of, that, that means something. Yeah, it means something. Uh, Rob Halton posted, I'm glad to know Heaven still has a landline. 
because Jesus is on the phone with a That's pretty a funny. Landline that one actually, I like that one. But here's the one my wife asked me about. She said, did you see that comment from that guy named Les? And I said, no. And she said it was on Landfear? Alex's post. So I went on there and looked. It was Les Lanfear who posted. Oh, and he said, cool. almost banja, wrong group. Okay. So. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Um, so Alex posted something that would have gotten him banned in, in the, the reform. Uh, reform. reform. Wow. So Les Lanfear is a co-host. Look, I didn't the, think there was anything that would get you banned from the reform club other than saying that Calvin wasn't egregious. Next well, to Paul. here's the here's. So I had to explain to my wife. <laughs> she said, "Can he really?" She said, "Could he really oh, ban him from the All of Dogman?" I said, "No." And I explained to her that is one of the co-hosts of the Reform Pubcast who is in the Hall of Dogma, and every now and then just comments. And and so his comment was. Um, almost banned your wrong group. So I said, I guess he was saying, had you posted this in the Reform Pub, I would have banned you. I think that's how I would take that. So here's my question. Is it because the joke was egregious or is it because it talks about nope. names being I, deleted from the Book neither. of Life, which is not a Reformed Nope, neither. Um, so, wow, I realize now that I know more about the Reformed Pub than y'all. Um, they don't allow pictures of Jesus because they believe it's a... Uh, uh, idolatry. Yeah. Make, uh, make, make before yourself no graven image. Icon. And that would be considered. Um, now, is that what? Uh, so that's your that's a That's a rule of the pub. They do not allow okay. pictures of Jesus to be posted in the in the Reformed and, pub. And by the way, that was, a, that was kind of a centerpiece view of Protestant Christianity for a very long time. Was it really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, not everybody, but much more prominent, say, That's 300 years well, can ago I just say than that, it is um, today. Can I just say that based on the Hall of Dogma post, that is not a comment. That is not a um, – we don't go with that. In well, the Hall of Dogma, I, yeah, I think honestly, that I think we could be me. a little cl- closer to that. I think we, you think we be should a move a little bit more careful. <laughs> I can't remember. Has anyone ever had the discussion about having hall rules? Uh, no, I don't think anybody. I think Chase and I tried to bring that up one time, and you said no. Hey, really? listen. So essentially, the reform pub, I, the reform pubcast would ban every the gospel friends. What do they do in churches that that do? That's the, funny because in my project management app, Nick, I have a project. Nick, we've moved on, buddy. No, we haven't. We've moved on. We really have. What Chase? What would they do in churches that? Ha- so, <laughs> I think we lost David. Hey, David, call again. Uh, this, is, this is the second time this week this is happening. <laughs> It was the first. I, I got kicked out of my own. I got kicked out of my own <laughs> college small group chat that I. Why well, was that? I lead dude? a. I lead a college GC, a college small group, and I got kicked out of that chat this week. That's harsh, for my man. defense of Nicolas Cage. Mm. Uh, but that's understandable. As a good actor. Yeah. Or as making good movies. See, uh, he, to me, he falls in the Keanu category of for the right role. He's, he's the perfect pretty good, guy. Pretty good. Yeah. But you got to have him in the right role. Kind of the Reform Pub would be that. upset at most Southern Baptist churches because most Southern Baptist churches have some type of a picture of Jesus yeah. praying and things like that. So they they, they lean very well. I won't speak. I've heard a lot of more Presbyterian leanings in the in the pub. The well, Alex, I hope you're happy because you have been you've been begging for more episodes of the Gospel Friends, and and you actually created a little controversy this week. So we good job, buddy. Yeah, good job. Here's my question: Why do you have to delete an app for a software update? Just seems to betray a lack of understanding of how they probably have an Android phone. Cell phones work. Mm. Smartphones work. Seventeen weird things you probably saved yeah, if this you're is a parent. Be timely. 
All right, 17 weird things that you probably saved if you're a parent. I don't know if we have time for all 17 of these. Is not on the list. But I would like to know if you guys have ever participated in some of these. Speaking of parenting, real quick, I have to give a shout out to my son, who it's today is actually his birthday, and he turned seven. So today is his birthday. You're spending the day with us. Doing a podcast. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, my goodness. No wonder. I'm very bitter. If I was you, I'd have quit. Hmm. Oh, you did that already. Blow. Yeah. <laughs> Gee whiz, man. Look, if y'all didn't screw up the show so bad while I was gone. I'm sorry. If I was you, I'd have quit again. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's better. Give me another week. 17. Number 17. You saved. You might be a parent if you... Did you say give me another week? He did, but don't be obvious about 100 it. 100 question mark. 17 weird things you probably saved if you're a parent. Number 17. Things that were thrown up on. Oh, what? Okay, so this would have been like... Um, the baby blanket they came home in or some of the early bla- oh, okay. baby blankets well, okay. that someone made. You're not saving they, it because it was they, but they, puke, Thank you. They, they got puked on, but you and saved washed. them. Well, but that's like, you know. And if Chase had got washed in Germex and then washed. my shirt, but I still saved it because okay. I washed it. Okay, so you guys it. obviously did that one. Not necessarily, but okay. perhaps. All I'm right. just saying don't, don't throw a flag on that one. Okay, I won't throw a flag on it. How about this one, number 16, breast milk? Nope. That's, I'll, I'll throw a flag on that one. Okay, I'm going to ask us to be careful here. Why would you save that? Okay, so you probably didn't do this one, but a lot of moms do have jewelry made with their preserved breast milk inside. No, why? <laughs> why? Why? Okay, why? Uh, don't show us a picture. I, no, it's a picture of the necklace. <laughs> I, I don't care. Okay, I oh, want dear. to. I just want to ask the question: Is oh. there any? Now he gives Getting us ready, it, ready to note the edit point. All right. Okay, so I would just I just want to ask the question. Um, okay, so it gives a link to Etsy. Okay, and and I'm going to Etsy, and it is first of all <laughs> here it is week suspension from your man card personalized hand stamped breast milk necklace hand stamped nursing necklace breastfeeding ne- necklace. Um, it it doesn't it doesn't say. I mean that's all it's called. It's um. Let's see how much is it. It has 358 reviews, $35 for a personalized hand-stamped breast milk necklace. What does the hand-stamped part mean? I don't know. Um, All right, look, I I recently made a unilateral decision. Here's a five-star, though. Five-star review. Absolutely love my necklace. Easy instructions to follow. I get many compliments on it. Mm -mm. Wow. I recently made a unilateral decision here at the Hall of Dogma Church, and that was that People can't move my sacred table that I put my drinks on. Right before I got up to preach this morning, I noticed that somebody moved it this morning. Was that you? I did not, no. I don't know who that was, but I'm going to make an even broader unilateral decision here. In my position as the monk king of the Southern Baptist Church, which is a – Monk. Monk king. Monk. Not monk. No, it is monk. It's M-O-N-K. Monk. Monk king of the Southern Baptist, which is a a pope-level position. I now pronounce – Making jewelry out of bodily fluids a level two sin. Um, okay. This necklace made Mother's Day very special. My wife recently stopped breastfeeding our first child, which was hard for her to do. This necklace represents the special bond my son and her share. She did a great job making the product and the mixture needed to solidify the milk. It was easy and straightforward. Can I see a picture? No. Why, why would it's, you it's want to a see a picture? It's just a picture of the necklace. That's gross. This may be one of those things that we don't understand because we're men. No, it's so not. Please, 
It's not. It's one Please. of those things that somebody I'll, else doesn't understand because they're crazy. I just want uh, – wow. What if we have listeners who have thought this was a good idea or have done this? Well, that's a good point, Chris. Why are you going <laughs> off the chain that, did, did that you just hard hear, did on – Are you ordering this, Nick? On these women. Nick has his credit card out. Are you ordering this? No, I'm reserving a movie at a red box. Oh, okay. Number 14. <laughs> I'm going to skip down. Number 14, Rocks. Your kid picked these up on your trip to Oregon or Lake Tahoe or maybe from your backyard. You're not sure, but you have a box of them anyway. Have you guys saved boxes of rocks that your children have? I, 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 I actually, I actually do this. Diamonds you know? or something. If, yeah, I won't. I won't if my kids like pick up seashells at the beach and bring them home, like I will save them all in a big bag. And yeah. My wife is not sentimental like that. She is just basically throwing things away very, you know, uh, a very, you know, soon, you know, okay, thanks for the rocks. We're going to toss them out now, but I, I would keep them forever. Yeah, my mom, I mean, my wife would, uh, my mom too, yeah, they throw out, out a lot of sentimental things. Number 12, cast. Mm-hmm. No. Any, my, any of your kids ever had like a, a broken arm and you save their cast? No. By the way, I'll tell you what I do save that's probably kind of weird and creepy. Um, every time a child goes to the hospital, I save their uh, hospital band. Okay. And as you might Wait. imagine, we have a few. Okay, I have a hosp- the hospital bands where they were born, but you actually save them for all the trips. Pretty much any visit, yeah. Is it big box? It, it's, it's bigger than I'd like. <laughs> Number 11, mm-hmm. nail clippings. Nope. No, sir. Nope. You keep these because cutting them was so scary you wanted a memento of the accomplishment. Not even close. No? Nope. Okay. That's just weird. Number 10, rectal thermometer. No. Okay, you might not have – see you, Nick. You might not have saved – tell happy birthday to Seth. You might not have saved this, but it is still under your sink, right? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> do you throw out rectal thermometers, Chase? What like, are you going to do with it? No, I'm saying, do you – Do you? is it a use once thing for you? No, <laughs> not necessarily, but once they're not babies anymore. How do you go about um, – Cleaning that then with your OCDness about cleaning. Mm. I don't know if I've ever administered a, one of those thermometers. To are you me. careful? He won't even say. Are the you name. careful to make sure that the oral thermometers and the rectal thermometers are kept distant from each other? I've almost made that mistake before. My wife has corrected me. That is a she apparently keeps them high level in distinct mistake. in distinct places. Number nine, broken toys. Saving your kid's favorite childhood toys um, is understandable, um, even the broken ones that they played with. So, do you? Uh, so, saving broken toys, I could, I could probably see myself doing that. Uh, all right, let's let's do number six here. Who has not done this? Locks of hair. Kid yeah. gets first. Kid gets first haircut. You save the hair. Well, why is that better, by the way, than saving their fingernails? I mean, they're both dead protein but I, i'm okay with the locks of hair and not so and not okay with it see i'm thinking the same thing i'm i'm actually thinking the same thing that the ringer off sorry was that words of the day word of the day no it was okay. a reminder I, i'm actually thinking the same thing chase that like lock locks of hair does not seem odd however as a matter of fact i think we do have some of our children's locks of hair yeah that one does but fingernails would seem gross um Okay, how about uh, the umbilical stump, number three? Mm. Anybody, what did you say? Umbilical stump. 
Did you say that? And then you turned the picture toward me as yeah. if I wanted to look at that? I was joking. You're, you're a sick joking. person. I'm not going to look okay. at that picture. So you would not stay save the umbilical stump? That is another sin. Okay. All oh. right. Uh, number two, we have a friend that does this. He will rename. He will rename Mameless. He will rename Mameless. <laughs> he will remain Mameless. <laughs> number two, pregnancy test. What's it going to cost for that name to not stay nameless? Uh, it, it, look, I don't know if it embarrassed him or not. Let's just say I, I have stumbled across them in his desk drawer a couple times, <laughs> and it wasn't Chase. At their house or at work? Because if it's at work, it really this is, this is a little... At their work. Get, get HR on the line, Nick. We have a problem at... Re, I mean, uh, the... Re, what do we call it? Remax Realty. We don't work there anymore, Chase. Oh, oh, my bad. Okay. No longer uh, Remax. Pregnancy test. Any of you ever saved your pregnancy test? I don't think she did. <sighs> it's not your possible. not your pregnancy test, but like mm, it's pregnancy. actually possible my wife did. I don't know. It's not I haven't seen it around. I know we took pictures of it, but I don't think we saved them. Okay. Those are funny things because you know basically you yeah, know how they work. Well, right? it's pee on a stick. That's, yeah, it's pee on a stick. Yep, it's just a stick you pee on. Okay, number one. Do you save sticks that you pee on? I don't. If I pee on a stick, I don't save it. I don't either. Um, and there's a lot of them around my house because if I'm outside and I need to go to the bathroom, I just. But you don't save the sticks? No, I don't save Do you sticks. properly dispose of them? I just. Stick, them, y'all just hear a funny story about. Well, peeing, peeing, on peeing on a stick. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Honestly, no one else is listening stick, so at yeah. this point. So we were at a community <laughs> event last weekend. And um, I was standing with a friend of mine whose youngest child, third child of the family, ran up to him and said, Dad, I have to go to the restroom. And being a dad talking to a boy, it's like, well, just pee right there, sarcastically. Unfortunately, the young child um, does not understand sarcasm. And we kind of went back to chit-chatting. And next thing we know, we look down and kid has pants around his ankles and is peeing in the middle of a kind of... uh, community gathering area oh wow it was amazing that's funny hey i have a story too today at the hall of dogma church uh and i'm going to be completely anonymous with this but uh a family (laughs) how are you anonymous you caught someone peeing in the parking lot no 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 but uh, a family that may or may not have visited here said that when they pulled up that they noticed one of their children hopped out of the vehicle ran up to the Japanese maple in front of the church and began to prepare pee, to pee on it? use the bathroom on it, yes. But the, but the father stepped in and said, we, we, we can't do that here. Interesting. Yeah. I Did so. they, was it the Japanese maple that pulled them in, or was it just I, yeah, I don't know. trees those, in general? Those Japanese maples out front of the Hall of Dogma Church, <laughs> those we don't have pretty. a great building, but those trees are nice. Those are, they're pretty. They're and pretty. the key is that we pee on them. Well, I mean, oh dear. I guess that is number one weird thing that parents keep. What is it, guys? You you know it. Number one odd thing that parents keep. teeth teeth yeah teeth mm. is number one. Okay. Have you ever saved your children's teeth? I, I probably I for a little while. Then I eventually think, we throw them away. Because I actually have some of my teeth from when I was a kid that my okay, parents. Okay, that's saved. What are you gonna do with it? It's just at my mom's house. She just keeps them. Okay. It's like if it, I guess you could use them. Maybe if yours, your adult ones That's what was fell out, could you have those put out, in? Could you actually put another one back in? You're walking around with a bunch of baby teeth hanging out. So here's um, where I want to take this awkward segment and make it even more awkward by show of hands. Mm. Oh and, Which is good to do on an audio podcast. Yes. I mean, I can make you own up to it. By show of hands, who has ever tasted breast milk? <laughs> 
I did that just for the look of oh, Jason's that face. Hand, that, <laughs> hand, that hand that just went up surprises me. I would have not thought that. <laughs> well, it's sure not my hand. Didn't Jason's we discuss this on a show one time? I can't remember. We did. We Are discussed we allowed the, to discuss this? 99 of them or 101, depending on how you count. We discussed this on the episode where Chase was on the cruise. Um, and there was a we did a story about bodybuilders there was some type oh, of black market yeah. you remember this yeah. there was like oh, yeah. a black market in Asia or something <laughs> for breast milk because bodybuilders were using it as a supplement Emmanuel was on that show and I believe Emmanuel and John wasn't it Emmanuel and John it was yeah, yeah something like that that was an interesting yeah. that was an interesting lineup <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's uh, 17 odd things. Uh, we didn't cover all of them, but... Uh, Thank uh, heavens. Odd things that get shared, uh, saved by parents. All right, guys. Don't have a whole lot of time here, but um, I, I saw... The number one statement going into the final segment of every Gospel <laughs> Friends episode. Yeah, that means... Guys, we don't two. have a lot of time here. Unless it was Nick's segment, which will say, well, we didn't get to that segment this week. <laughs> At, look, that's me. You said it, not me. <laughs> That's true. Well, it's mean, too. It's mean and true. No wonder I quit. Uh, <laughs> you started it. I did. Okay. Oh, Go ahead, Chase. Sorry. Be that as it may. <laughs> An interesting thing happened in the world of theology this week. Um, Has that been relevant for the last 2,000 years, that statement? Theology? Yeah, I think no, so. No, no, no. <laughs> Something happened in the world, like... The world of theology. I thought that was pretty well, kind of locked about. <laughs> well, that's actually kind of what we're going to Nerd talk alert, about nerd alert. And, and there's a, this is a bit of a nerd alert. But David, do you have your pocket protector with you? or No, mine's at the house. Essentially, Sorry, two theologians and, and, and writers, uh, Carl Truman and uh, pastor of 10th Avenue Presbyterian, which is a flagship Presbyterian church in the United States of America, uh, a guy named Dr. Liam Gallagher. Uh, oh, I used to watch him on television. He busted those fruit, the watermelons and stuff with the... <laughs> Believe it or not, he's become a pastor and a that. theologian. That now. guy told some dirty jokes back in the day, so it's, it's, I'm glad he got saved. <laughs> I, think, I think he's repented of that. And now he's a very def- definite opinion of the Trinity. Okay. And in his opinion of the Trinity, and I hope you guys can tell we're kidding around. It's not the same guy, but in his opinion of the tr- Trinity, uh, Gallagher... And Carl Truman have essentially gone after uh, another theologian, Wayne Grudem, and Grudem's friend Bruce Ware, and by extension Denny Burke and some other uh, uh, other theologians for their view on the Trinity. And, and we're not going to go deep, deep, deep into theological waters because that would just be weird for this sh- this show. But essentially. There have been issues raised by Dr. Gallagher implying that somebody who believes in the theological position of the eternal submission of the Son to the Father in the context of the Trinity maybe shouldn't be pastoring, maybe shouldn't be leading, maybe isn't orthodox in their Trinitarian theology at all. Now, this might sound like on the surface, and as you read it, it kind of appears to be that. It, it, it might sound like kind of a, a small disagreement. But the thing is, 
For the last 2,000 years of church history, the church has very often split and branded people as heretics based on fairly fine distinctions between their mm-hmm. understanding of the Trinity or not. And, and Gallagher and Truman have, uh, without being like egregiously uncharitable or, or, or whatever, have really pretty strongly gone after Grudem and Ware and others who hold to the eternal submission of the Son to the Father in terms of the Trinity. The bottom line is 99% of the people listening to the show probably don't even have a big idea of what's being talked about there because the way the Bible talks about the Trinity is quite frankly well, number one, the word Trinity isn't mentioned, although I'm very much a Trinitarian. And, and all of the teachings on the Trinity have to be somewhat derived and such. So there's not a direct there's not a you know direct verses that teach Exactly. Using the word Trinity. There's there's not that. And there's not direct verses that teach precisely how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit relate to each other, what level of role each one has, etc. I'm I'm really trying to watch my words carefully because, quite honestly, it is so easy to have a slip of the tongue or slip of the brain and accidentally say something that has everybody calling you a Especially on this show. (laughs) Well, yes. No comment. Here's my question to you guys. At some point, where is the dividing line between doing what Paul tells us not to do, which is quarrel about words, and upholding biblical theology? What was that verse again? The verse, oh, there's a couple of them, but let's go with 2 Timothy chapter 2. Um Verse. I'm actually looking. Let's see. Verse 14. Paul says, Remind them of these things, charging them before God not to fight about words. This is in no way profitable and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Now, we're told in Scripture over and over again not to quarrel. The Lord's servant must not quarrel. That We're not allowed to argue the way the world does but but the way christians handle finer points of theology does that equate to arguing about words in such a way that the people looking on as paul says here this it's in no way profitable and it leads to the ruin of hearers how careful do we have to be about this situation as, as i guess my overall question I feel like this particular disagreement, uh, a bigger picture question, is arguing about the precise nature of the Trinity pleasing to God. I think that's the, you know, I, I'm looking at my, um, I have a Bible app that allows you to look at the ESV, um, but it allows you to look at the uh, Greek words that the ESV is translated and will give you the Strong's concordance definition of those of those words. And so the word that is used there uh, in 2 Timothy, um, actually according to the Mount's Greek dictionary, is logomachio, 
don't know that I'm saying that right. That's how I typically say Greek stuff. I say it with a very questioning tone in my voice. <laughs> Logo macho. But anyway, um, so gr- the Mount's Greek Dictionary um, uh, defines that word as to contend about words by implication to dispute about trivial things. And the ESV went with quarrel about words. So um, if the implication there is Paul to Timothy, don't dispute about trivial things, then it becomes a question of what is trivial. What is trivial? Which is honestly something that you wouldn't find necessary agreement on. We've discussed that topic on this show mm-hmm. several times. Um, and, you know, it is, you know, what is what is truly trivial i think i think the other key there contention or disputing so i feel comfortable talking about matters um in private smaller groups among men who love jesus and we are literally talking about issues from a from a standpoint of sharing our views asking someone else's views i think that can be very healthy done in the right way and honestly even going back to the roots of where this show came from we've talked about this many times is that's kind of the idea from the show was some of our old waffle house discussions or discussions late at night that we were having about you know hey baptism of the holy spirit what are your thoughts on that and us talking about our different views and and going to scripture but none of us were really even those even though those discussions may have at times gotten passionate None of us were trying to be in dispute or contention with each other as much as we were just trying to have a discussion of hey, what is truth? You know, where, where are we? And so I, I don't know. I feel that can be done in a healthy way. I, I feel like there's a difference in that and truly like disputing and contending in a argumentative type way. That is, I'm going to prove myself to be right. Uh, I, I just think there is a way to do that that is wrong. And the Bible seems to say don't do that if, if the implication there is about trivial things. That would make sense to me because Paul certainly had harsh words for false teachers who went after what he considered to be bedrock issues of the faith, such as are we saved by faith uh, are we saved through faith or are we saved by works? And if it was a Judaizer saying that you had to do a work to be saved, Paul had really harsh words for them. So the implication seems to be when it's not about a gospel salvation matter, don't argue. I think it's just a – I think it's a question of, you know, in, in this case, some people might say, well, the Trinity is a gospel salvation type matter. Uh, and, and I don't honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, I've I've wondered about that before. Emmanuel, I think, has said on this show he's not sure that your belief. I hate to put words in his mouth, but something along the lines of I, I'm not sure that your belief in the specific understanding of the Trinity and how it works is a salvation matter. I tend to believe that that's true because the Bible doesn't give us enough clear understanding of exactly how the Trinity works to say, man, you got to get that exactly right to be saved. 
So I, I don't know. But then at the same time, I go, well, it is an important matter. I mean, Jesus said the one unforgivable sin was vla- blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So, you know, there is a, there is a, I mean, the one sin Jesus said you're not going to be forgiven for was something that wasn't about him and wasn't about the Father as much as it was about the Holy Spirit. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how trivial that matter is. I do think there's a right way to debate with people and a wrong way to do it. I, I, I do feel that is, I do feel safe in that, that statement. That statement is is probably the, the most true to what what I've been thinking all along. It goes it, it a little bit reminds me of the first topic when when you're talking about this guy getting flayed over a, 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 an internet post, and we live in an age where if you can't say it in 140 characters, then you, you can't really say it, and you can't you can't cover that this topic. You can't cover a lot of theological topics in a in a tweet, in three points in a poem. They're they're deep wide issues that that have to be discussed. And if you're not willing to have a discussion, you're not doing the the topics justice, I think. Um, I have a friend of mine um, who I love dearly who who claims the title of of oneness as it relates to the Trinity. And he and I have sat down and had long discussions. And when we, you know, we have a, a chat program at work where he'll talk sometime, where we will talk sometimes. And, you know, it's, it's more of that kind of Twitter type quick banter. And I find myself going, hold on. Cause we're, we're, we're doing the, the quick responses. But when we sit down and we've, we've taken the time to, 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 you know, on break or at lunch or whatever, and sat down and really talked about it, there's a lot more that, that unites us than divides us. And, and I do think we, we live in a world where, and I, and I, I respect and, and I understand people that want to say, no, we have to, we have to have everything right. I do think we have to strive to have a full understanding of the word, but people do try to cut hair so fine that no one but yourself can agree with you. And I think at the point where you do that, I, I think you're, I think you've made a drastic error. I think you've painted yourself into a corner that, that's that's dangerous. Um, because we've lost the art of knowing how to disagree. That is an with excellent people statement. in a way that is not. And, and again, I, I'm not. I hate to we have on. heroes and villains. We don't have, we don't have places where we can have discussion. And just how you can disagree with someone, still find value in them and what they're saying, and just deal with those points of disagreement. I think social media again. Hate to rail on that today, but I think that's played into it. Um, I, it's a it's it's a, it's a pretty wild it's a pretty widely told story that Arminius was a who. Uh, theologian who I guess people call Arminians today who people who followed him but it's a pretty widely told story that he he actually would promote to his students the writing the Bible commentaries of John Calvin and actually and actually made the comments you know this is some of the best commentaries and studies on the Bible that you that I could recommend to you. Although they had this he had this sharp disagreement with Calvin and I don't think they lived at the same time, but they he had this sharp disagreement with Calvin on salvation uh how, how salvation uh, occurred. Mm-hmm. But yet he was able to to tell his Bible students Calvin 
was a man who loved Jesus and, and, and you, it would do you well to read some of his commentaries on the Bible. So, you know, I don't know. I, d- I just feel like we don't have a lot of us don't have an understanding of how to disagree with someone in a way that is profitable and good. Hmm. I think that's a good word. Uh, I think I think it's an excellent word. Here's here's the way Dr. Gallagher writes, and I want to be very careful because, uh, quite frankly, I disagree with what Truman and Gallagher are doing. I feel like they're attacking brothers over uh, over important issues of. Uh, of some level of detail. And this is what Gallagher says. He says, this is serious. If it comes – this is serious. It comes down to this. If they are right, in other words, Grudem, Ware, et al., we have been worshiping an idol since the beginning of the church. And he goes on, because mark this, to have an eternally subordinate son intrinsic to the Godhead creates the potential of three minds, wills, and powers. What they have done is to take the passages referring to the economic trinity and collapse them into the ontological trinity. Huh? <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> I mean, I understand what's being said there, but it, our, our, we have to be really careful uh, uh, about drawing things down to a point where 99%, 99.9% of Christianity would have no idea what that sentence is saying. But what he's saying and is – And maybe turned but, off by it. Maybe uh, yeah. turn, I mean the whole, which I believe is lead to frustration what Paul is, and, is saying. He and, said, and, and understand, I'm sorry, to interrupt. I just want to no, say, understand. Paul was writing to Timothy. Really, those two letters of Paul and Timothy was this mentor to his pastoral mentee, so to speak. I mean, he a lot of Paul's teaching to Timothy was how to be a good pastor. Yeah, and and he is saying, hey, don't. Don't quarrel with people about words. Don't again. It mounts the same by implication. Don't argue about trivial things. Yes. And Gallagher kind of goes on. He says, "Let there be no doubt at this point. Departure from the faith starts with incremental adjustments to receive doctrine. Those adjustments eventually lead people away from the faith altogether. So we urgently need to see how far these men are moving." So, so in other words, what's happening here is here's the the basis of the accusation. Grudem et al. are 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 participating in idolatry, and potentially themselves drawing away from the faith and drawing other people away from the faith because they are taking the passage referring to the economic trinity and collapsing them into the ontological trinity. And again, I know that has meaning; it has real meaning. But that seems a little bombastic. It seems a little bit into the realm of quarreling over words mm-hmm. in such a way that it causes damage to those hearing. The scripture is incredibly clear about how we're to deal with each other. We are to make every effort to be at peace with one another. We are to maintain the bond of peace, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm all for a good Waffle House Let's butt heads a little bit over theology and try to get to the truth. But when we start writing screeds, talking about good, godly, biblical men plummeting into idolatry and, and such, that's when I begin to think we've missed something I, important. I, I, t- I will say this. I, there's an agreement that I find with this statement that uh, I, I was struck years ago by reading – and I don't have the information in front of me. It was on a previous podcast because we talked about it. But there, there's a friend of Rob Bell's who obviously thinks Rob has wandered from 
foundational beliefs in the gospel. And he, this this friend or, or former counterpart of Rob's, and again, I don't I don't have the guy in front of me, but I, I remember reading that he he traced it back to when Rob Bell began to um, waffle on the traditional understanding of uh, men and women's roles mm-hmm. in in the church. And he he noticed that to him as, as kind of the first the first step away the from the first step away from yeah. I mean I'm sorry, orthodoxy, orthodoxy. into heterodoxy. And so I you know, there's some agreement I could find with being concerned about someone beginning to turning it you know, turning from orthodox beliefs. Now, now, granted, we all have friends who are Christians and love Jesus who probably don't agree with our views on men and women's issues in the church. So, but my my point my point being, I don't think don't quarrel over words is a. I don't believe it's a prohibition against talking with each other about theological issues, or even going to a brother in Christ that is turning from some belief that you think is important and having a discussion with them about it. I, I just don't I, I don't think there's a prohibition against that. You know, you, you, I, I, th- I just didn't think it has to do with the means and the way you do it. Priscilla and Aquila, when they wanted to um, when they wanted when they saw holes in the theology or uh, weakness in the theology of was it Barnabas? Apollos. Apollos. Thank you. Um, they they did that privately. They took him aside. I mean, they went to him, and they, in some way, the Bible doesn't expound on, but they had private discussions with him to strengthen his understanding of the gospel in places where it was weak um, or, or or was not complete. Um, and I don't know how they would have handled that if Apollos argued with them. I don't know if Apollos argued with them for a bit. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us. But my point being, I— I think I don't think those verses are a prohibition. I do think they're a guiding light of how we should do things, and we should not quarrel in a contentious way with other Christians, um, especially over matters that might not be foundational. But you know, I think there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And there's just so many roads you go off on there again about what's trivial and what's not, and and I think that's the what you mentioned the bond of peace being at the center of those relationships is going to foster good discussion and good relationships and and hopefully help Christian brothers who are all seeking God and seeking truth discover it. If you're just wanting to win an argument and be right, I, I don't. Think God's in that. Anyway, He is not with the even prideful. If you are right. Even if you are right, He is not with the proud. He is with the humble. So, um, there's a quote I've I've heard. Are you trying to win the argument? Or are you trying to win the man? I was trying to find the reference for it, but that that has been something that has steered me well in conversations, even with you guys, because there's times where you know I love you too dearly, but something you said has frustrated me theologically and you know we've we've talked and wrestled in, in different things over those things but <laughs> oh david's grabbing the rob bell did i do something wrong no you're good okay um but what i have 
I can be it's it's easy for me to want to get into debates and, and just and I've realized that there were times where, you know, and I I used to <clears throat> I used to convince myself that I was I was just trying to hone my understanding or my knowledge. And then I realized at some point I'm just trying to fight. And and I've I've started asking myself the question when I get into these debates, you ask the question and then somebody responds, and then you go, well, What about this? And then they respond and you don't like the and you get further and further in and I understand that. But but stop and ask yourself, am I trying to win the argument or am I trying to win the man? And and if you're trying to understand something, then you can walk away going, okay, that's their understanding of it. If it's someone who you see going down a pathway to dis- potentially destruction, an unbeliever or believer-like, again, ask yourself, am I trying to, to win this argument with this person? Am I trying to win the person? If you're trying to win the person, you're going to have a much different strategy to how you approach the conversation than if you're just trying to win the fight. And so – you know that's been a maxim or axiom that has helped me a confrontational person in myself. So I tried to look up your quote, trying to win the argument. I tried to look it up. I couldn't find it. So yeah, I, I got some interesting things. Inspiredgirl.me, an article called "Why Men Can't Win an Argument with a Woman." Um, Sex. Hmm. Oh, uh, sorry. Huffington Post: Seven Sneaky Ways to Win an Argument with Your Husband. Sex. Well, you don't have to be <laughs> sneaky about that. Um, Aren't there just three ways? Misopinionated women, like men, only cheaper. <laughs> anyway, so somehow I stumbled across a lot of things that have to do with men and women arguing over your... I guess it was the part of that quote. Win the man. Win the man. Probably. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I would take... I would take... Uh. I would object to the women like men only cheaper. I think men are much cheaper than women. And on the next Gospel Friends, join us as we discuss which sex is well, honestly the cheaper. You have to say that in the right way, don't you? That's, I, you do seriously. I'm, very much. So, you Lord. think who do you think are more expensive, women Gosh, or men? Look at look at the time, Nick. We've gone over about. Yeah, we um, better we better wrap this up. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Gospel Friends. Yes, thank you. I, I don't have my laptop in front of me, so I don't know what I'm supposed to say now. Um, we talked about Facebook. I mean, even birthdays. Um, I mean, Twitter. What a, what a, what a husband The Twitter, the Emmanuel, at My Gospel Friends. You can email us. Is it My Gospel Friends? No, thegospelfriends at gmail.com. It's confusing. That's probably part of the reason why. Voicemail. 205-575. I mean, most men would be happy with Taco Bell. 9735. Speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends. We haven't had a speak pipe in a while. I'd love to we hear from Hey, we speaking haven't. of episode 100, I mean, yeah. we ought to put a big push on for speak pipe. We should. We want to hear from you. We want voicemails, especially from foreign livers. And despite what David is saying we over there, all the, the ladies as well. Listen, let's there just, are no more lady listeners now. Let's, Can we just, go let's just say this. Well, they're out spending money. Let's just say this. <laughs> Has Debbie Atwood listened since let's they say visited this. the church and. <clears throat> Let's say this. Here, here's a here's a here's a word of counsel, ladies and gentlemen. David McConnell. Here's a word of counsel. Hey Chase, if you I'm would like go, you to, want to go with me to the thing, if to you would the, like see to about the place, if you yes. would like to have your voice heard on the Gospel Friends, you might want to call in on episode 100. Well, that is a good. That was point. better than I thought you were going to be. Um, I, I thought we were still going to go down misogynist lane. No, no, no. We took a turn off of massages. Like we were already on massages. It. That's a good point. Women love massages. They're expensive. What? What's the thing we do to end the show? 
Uh, quit, quit. No, it. because it's tuned in next time when you may hear David say, oh, and I don't want him to talk anymore. All right, don't say that. Tune in next time when you may hear Plastic Chris Atwood say. Oh, I got one. Hey, guys, look at this necklace I got for Father's Day. <laughs> it's really cool. Win. Why don't you have to restart? New file. Uh, By the way, call me crazy, but the music that's playing right now in the sanctuary, I freaking love that song. It gets me pumped when the kids sing it. I really do, man. I'll, most of it's childish and stuff, but this song is awesome. I'm recording that. Yeah. Oh, right. look, it's going to be in the background on the podcast, so. All right, you ready? Yep. <clears throat> Yes. We are ready. Coffee. For the thousands. Actually, for the five people in attendance. Play the <laughs> Chicago Bulls theme song from the 90s. All right. What was it? You know, that, that <clears> famous. <throat> oh, gosh. Was it their intro music? Yeah. They had intro music? Yes. It's very famous. Oh. Well, it's not that famous because I don't know it. You do. As soon as I play it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. It's from Alan Parsons Project, oddly enough. Why are Nick's pants over on the chair? I ask myself that question a lot. Why Why is Nick not in his pants? I ask myself that question less often. Do you still have your belt on? I do. Can I just say how awkward that conversation was? Was yeah, that was bad. My belt is thinner than your belt. I have no problem believing that. Well, fortunately, my chrome is crapping out on me. This. I'm getting the stereo. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? It's a good effect. That was them? Yeah. 
Me. It's from the Alan Parsons Project song, but the Bulls took it over as their thing. This can be ours. Bring this to the background. But this is when they introduced the Bulls in the 90s. It was huge, man. They did such a great job with that. Brought to you by one arm John the Baptist, Martin Luther, Plastic Chris Atwood, The Rob Bell, and what did we name the pig? What did we Not name? Cooter. Dumbass. Houston. Houston the pig. Oh, wait, wait. Are we starting? Because I just said a bad word. Well, I mean, I said it implied bad word. You said dumb, eh? Dumb Arkansas. Big. That's what I meant. All right, let's start again. Welcome in to the Gospel Friends. You realize I'm going to edit all this out, right? <laughs> Please you do. Can put it, you can put it in the... Listen, we're, we're done in do one more week. Let's go out in a blaze of that, glory. Not I week, do think you should play that as the bed over the beginning. <clears throat> I like it. All right. Let's do it. Kind of, kind of freaking out a little bit. No, it's awesome. I feel like it. so. Post intro music or post? No, just like start the whole. It, it's <clears throat> it's this way from the get go. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Sean out of it. No, no, I'd still do that. Just from when David starts talking, I play it. Oh, look, this is me. What do you think? I don't care. It's getting me pumped up. Are you wanting to do both songs? <clears throat> I don't care. I just want from the from the. This gonna be a fair the first to you, minute or so. The first minute or so of us talking, we should have that song playing. All right, because that's fire. <laughs> oh God, he's turned into a. <laughs> that's fire. Hey, it's three forty. Two. Her static. I actually, I moved my microphone. Sorry. Three. Two. Brought to you this week by Occupy Wall Street and its founder, Chase Thompson. Yeah. Welcome in to episode 99. Oh, wait, we're not doing the music. Of the gospel. we got to do the music. I, I quit. I, he's going <laughs> to. You already did for like four months. Okay. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> he's back now. What you mean is I quit again. <laughs> Hey, don't take him off. I'll, I'll, I'm hoping he'll play the music because it's making me happy. To I thought I was going to overdub that later. Oh, was, no, Chase okay. wanted to hear it. It was making him happy. Well, the, I don't know how to react to it if you overdub it later. I'll just he, be pretending. He, he wanted that to get pumped up mm-hmm. himself. Come on, man. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea for you to get too pumped up right now. <clears throat> but you had to dub over it anyway. I don't come through. Oh, I want to talk about this article. Shrink your belly fat overnight with this. Please. This whole thing. Are you recording? How much what what is it? Shrink your belly fat? Yeah. Overnight with this. Overnight? Yep. How much belly fat can you shrink in one night? I don't know. I haven't read the article. It's a video. I don't want to watch it right now. It looks legit though. Totally legit. Is it a cream? I don't know. It's got a great picture that goes along with it. See? <laughs> <laughs> there was a wrestler named Playboy Buddy Rhodes, and he did a Playboy Buddy Rhodes. Yeah, and oh. Buddy Road or Buddy Rose. Anyway, he had this stuff called. It was called. He did like a whole, uh, like this little advertisement 
used to do this thing on Saturday night's main event. It was a joke, but it was called something like Blow Away or something. <laughs> he would sit in a chair in just his wrestling tights, and somebody would come and sprinkle this powder all over him. It looked like 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 baking soda or something. It was, <laughs> and then they would put a fan in front of him and turn it on, and it would blow the stuff off of him. <laughs> and he said... Blow, blow, blow your way to a skinnier you. So it was supposed to like blow the fat away as it blew the the baking soda away. That's awesome. You're not amused. Here's some video. I am depraved and a reprobate, and so my mind's going to a far worse place. That's why you had to quit. Because you're a depraved reprobate. Is that what it was? I think that's. Are you looking up the commercial now? We probably want to start. I'm ready. No, you're looking up a YouTube video of a guy saying blow, blow, blow away. Yeah, I've got a video of him wrestling tugboat. All right, look, real quick. <laughs> Except it's not quick because we're on the Hall of Dogma Church Wi-Fi. Dang it. Bobby. What? Dude, he's not in good shape. Bobbit? The dude that... Bobby... He's channeling Hank Hill. For oh, Thank you, King Chase. Come on. Very amusing show. Here we go. Oh. 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 about to say we got to put that in the show but i don't think we could put the <laughs> that's pretty funny see if i that, that was worth that was delay. worth that was worth the delay wasn't there's it? gonna really be a lot of elevator music in okay. my future here we go did we get any complaints about the elevator music last week no nobody listens to the show oh that's true <laughs> i didn't see anything okay here we're, we're gonna do are you playing the music or is chase just going to live without it what do you want there buckaroo i love the music <laughs> <laughs> 